Deb is all over my message today. You know, and here's the thing. When she and I didn't talk about what she was going to say or what I was going to say, this has been stirring on my heart for weeks. For weeks. And I hadn't told anybody. But yet she walks up here and basically delivers part of my message. Satan's already come against this attack and, or this message in multiple ways. This is when you buckle up and you get nice and good in there. I'm talking make a dent and lean in because God's got something for you. You will get whatever you expect out of this message. So I'm using the notes that he tried to get rid of. So you'll see me refer to them multiple times. They are beloved and treasured. <laughs> so I titled it, Seeing is Believing. And I know y'all are going, skirt, that don't line up with the word. Oh, but it does. You see, the world thinks seeing is believing. I won't believe it until I see it with my own eyes. Till I lay my hands on it, like Doubton Thomas. But we see because we've believed. For us, seeing is because we've believed. So when I say seeing is believing, I can see because I have believed. Because I put my faith out there, I saw it come to pass. I am happily one of those name it and claim it loonies just like my Jesus. Just like my God who said, I believe it, I'm going to speak it, boom, there it is. And because God believed and spoke it, you and I are here. There's a power to it. You see, in this day and age, you can't believe what you see with your physical eyes. There's all kinds of photo and video manipulations. There's Band-Aid fixes. Satan, Look, Satan is all about saying, Oh, you want coffee? Absolutely. Here, have this coffee. I'm even going to let you have a sip or three. Smell it. Get that taste in there. Swish it around. Maybe even get a little stain on your shirt so it's there forever. But then, oh, you thought you were going to keep it? Sucker! He is all about promises are made to be broken. Why does he say that? Because for God, a promise is his bond. A promise is his word. And when you believe it, you will see it. Y'all, pastor had this crazy app, and I am not the techie that my husband is. I don't need to be a techie because I have my husband. So... He took a selfie one day. He wanted to show me this thing. So he took a selfie. Then he said, hey, y'all, watch this. And right before my eyes, he moved his cheekbones up and down. He added the second chin. He made his eyes real close. He made his eyes real far. Like, in an instant, he could look like Jenny Craig worked for him. (laughs) Just like that. So I ask you, is seeing really believing in the world? It's all lies. They can make you believe whatever you want to believe, not to get political, but to prove my point. 
Brian's brother was in the army years ago. We are watching on the news as this report happens. Oh my gosh, this is happening and this is happening. Blah, 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 blah. Well, we were on some little TV thing. This is like years ago, y'all. I don't even know what it was. It was way before FaceTime and all that stuff. But we were on some kind of like Skype type thing, you know, where we could see them. And we watched as we talked. His bunker was shaking. And Brian's like, yeah, it's crazy. The news is telling us this and this and this is happening. And his brother goes, well, that's bull crap. I'll tell you exactly what's happening. And he laid it out for us, what he could. But it's on the news. Y'all got to get out of your head seeing as believing in the world. Because the only thing that seeing is, is what you believe according to this word. Everything else is subject to change. Everything. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, it is subject to change. But what is it going to change off of? What you believe. There's the whole popular saying, she believed she could, so she did. Absolutely. What do you believe? Do you believe that your life is going to stink rotten eggs? It's going to stink rotten eggs. Do you believe that despite physical challenges, you're going to be the best at XYZ sport? You're going to kick butt. Do you believe that despite educational disadvantages, you're going to put the pedal to the metal, you're going to give it all, and you're going to be the head of that company? Go ahead and pick out that cushy little chair. Because whatever you believe, that's what you're going to see. We have to make a choice to believe God's word and reject the lies. James 4, 7 says, So humble yourself before God. Humble yourself. What does that mean? That means going to God and saying, I don't know it all, but you do. That means your ways are greater than mine. So I'm going to sit my smart little 4.35 GPA, big SAT, big degrees on the wall. I'm going to sit that behind down, and I'm going to submit to you because I think you may know more than me. But then... Resist the devil. You see, people either like one part of the verse or the other part of the verse. They forget that whole verse. It goes hand in hand. You've got to first submit to God. Then you resist the devil. You can go around all day long going, Satan, I resist you. You've got to flee. I resist you. You've got to flee. And he's going to go, ooh, she's getting some exercise today. I'm going to just wait till she sits down and then I'm going to attack. Because he knows whether or not you're submitting to God. He knows what you're believing. He knows what you're saying. He sees it. So he believes it. You see, Satan knows the word. He believes the word. You got to submit to God. Humble yourself before him. And resist the devil. And he has no choice but to believe. You've got to choose to believe the truth. And it's a choice. And choose to put down the lies. What's your lie? Think about it right now. What's your lie? Everybody's got one that goes contrary to the word of God. 
Here's some that I've had. You're not enough. You're not good enough. They don't love, trust, or like you as much as they do them over there. You'll never get there. It'll never get better. Or here's one that's a pet peeve of mine. Do not walk up to me and say this. It is what it is. Because I'm going to look at you and say, bull caw -caw. <laughs> If it don't line up with the word of God, it ain't what it ain't. It is what my ditty says it is. Now you tell me that. I'm going to say, oh, preach it. And then we're going to see it. Because, see, I've made a choice. Despite what I saw in the mirror, despite what I saw in the bank account, despite what I saw in my family tree, all those nuts and cuckoos, despite all of them, bless their pee-picking hearts, I looked at this lineage. I looked at this DNA. I looked at this past. Because that's the only past that matters. Your past doesn't mean squat diddly. The one past that matters is Jesus on the, Christ, on the cross, crucified for you, shed blood for you. You want to talk about the past? Let's talk about the past. I got your past. That's what matters. Everything else has already been overcome. You got to make the choice now. And it starts now as you sit in this seat. Oh, man, she's right. I fell for this mess. I'm calling poop, poop. I'm going to see the truth. It's not something where you have to wait for the message to be over. You don't have to wait for an altar call. You don't have to wait till you go home and meditate on the word. I'm telling you now, if it's not the word of God, it is not truth. The end. Have a good day. Just kidding. <laughs> Y'all thought you were going to get out. Y'all, in John 20, 29, Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. You see, when we open up our eyes of faith, that's when we're going to see the spiritual realm. Why is that so important? I'm so glad you asked. Because Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 gives you, key, gives you the key. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that, it even tells you why, so that you will know the hope of his calling and, wait, there's more, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. So why is opening up your eyes important? It's because that's where your power is. It's because that's where your hope is. It's because when you see through eyes of faith, God is always bigger than your problems. When you see through eyes of faith, the attempts at fear, they cower in the face of the power within you. When anxiety tries to come up, it's got nothing on my king. Hopelessness. It's going to try to come in. And you peek out the door and say, oh, you got the wrong house. And you slam it. It melts away in the light of his glory. 
Here's a story. I, I love this story. 2 Kings 6, 11 through 20. It's talking about the king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is this traitor? Who's been informing the king of Israel of my plans? His officer replied, It's not us, my lord, my king. It's not us. Elisha, that prophet in Israel, he tells the king of Israel, Even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. The king commanded, Go and find out where he is. So I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha's at Dothan. He's over there. Go get him. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army and many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops and horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? Oh, no! The young man cried to Elisha. Elisha says, don't be afraid. There's more on our side than there is on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. And as soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, Lord, now open their eyes that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. You see, the eyes of our faith are moved only by God's Spirit and God's Word, not by what we see through human eyes. By every logical standard, that man went running out and he saw, I'm one, but there are many. I'm doomed. Oh, God. He's probably thinking, what are my kids going to do without me? My wife, what's she going to do? Did I make a will? Do I have life insurance to support them? What's going to happen? Will my death be quick and painless? Will it be slow and painful? Because he was looking with eyes, physical eyes. But Elisha, standing there, very same circumstances. It's not, but you weren't there, you don't know. The dude's there. Elisha's right beside him. And he's like, I see. I see they're outnumbered. I see they're about to go down. I don't see what you're scared about. I don't see why you're sniveling, whining, crying, snot-dripping, crybaby. What's your deal? They're standing side by side. But Elisha made a choice. He said, I know my king. I know who I am in him. I know he is not going to send me 
to my death. Y'all, he didn't even have John 10.10. Y'all got more than he ever had. He didn't have Jesus at this point. It's so much easier for us to open our eyes and see. There is nothing that can keep you down unless you choose to let it. You see, God's got the power to open our eyes when we submit to him and close the eyes of our enemy. This is what he did. He closed their eyes so they didn't see. This is how he can prepare a feast before us in the presence of our enemies. Because we see and we believe. And because when we see and we believe and we believe and we see, there is no weapon that can come against you. I don't care how big it looks. When the weapon looks big, when the attack looks large, you get in the Word and open your eyes to see. Let me see what's really going on here. When you open your eyes of faith, you realize you're not alone. God is with you. He has a massive arsenal at your disposal. You're his child. And his spirit, it's alive in you. You don't have to wait till the sweet by and by until you're reunited one day again. I don't know what that is, but it's junk. His spirit is within you now. Now is the time for you to rise up in faith. You have a job to do. This is why he wants you to believe you have nothing. His greatest lie was making you think you're already defeated. His greatest lie was saying, hey, you, you're not enough. You'll never be enough. You're all alone on this God-forsaken land. When the truth is, you are more than enough. You are an overcomer. You are already victorious. You have everything you need. Everything you will ever need is already yours. It's already in your possession now. You've just got to make a choice. This is mine. I'm going to take it. And I'm going to utilize it. But we can stand here all day going, Oh, Lord, I thirst. I'm thirsty. I'm going to die of dehydration. Why do they have the water and I don't have anything? God. And the stupidity of it all is so many of us have already died that way. With the weapons and the tools and the gifts and the provision we need right there. But we never chose to open our eyes. We never chose to believe that his truth is greater than Satan's lies. I saw this question a couple of weeks ago on Facebook. I mean, you've seen it and heard it for years probably. But the question was, what could you do if you couldn't fail? So answer that in your head. What would you do if you couldn't fail? 
Now let me ask you this. Why aren't you doing it? You've already been promised victory. So why are you sitting here going, oh, I'd do this and I'd do that and I'd do this? Oh, it'd be great. Get off your bum and do it. If God has called you to it, you are already victorious. If he's called you to it, he is not a bad ditty. He's not going to tell you, go do this, but you're going to have to strive and toil and work to make ends meet. He's going to equip you for what you need because he's a good ditty. He's a loving ditty. Ephesians 1.3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, y'all, that's past tense for any people that don't know grammar, has blessed, blessed is also past, us with every, that means all, spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. That means earth ain't got nothing on what we got. Because you are one with Christ. You are one with him. Everything he is, you are. Everything he has, you have. You are a child of God. Blessed with every blessing. Every spiritual blessing. You see, the earth is bound by the confines of their logic and what they see and what they can fabricate. You don't have those those bondages. You aren't bound by anything except for you. You see, we walk around waiting for the chains to be broken. Oh, God, please break these chains. Meanwhile, all we have is unlatched handcuffs. All we got to do is shake it off. All we've got to do is see the truth and say, that's mine. I'm going to put it on the same way I put on my britches and the same way I put on my shirt. I'm going to pick that one out. I'm going to say, "Mm, I don't like what you have for me, but oh Lord, that one, I'll take that one. One in every color, please. Thank you. It's a choice. John eleven forty says, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? It's a promise contingent only upon what you choose to believe. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Everything this world has is a passing fad. Yeah. Y'all look at it. The 80s should have stayed in the 80s, and yet here we are with the 80s right back in style. The world is just all about what somebody says looks good, sounds good, or should be good. Yeah. They want nothing good about shoulder pads. And yet, here some crazy fool went and said they look good again and we're right back to wearing shoulder pads. 
The world is just a cycle of what I want you to believe, what I want you to see. But God's truth is eternal. He doesn't change. He is not flighty. He is not a hormonal woman or a ticked off man. He is solid. He is sound. He is love in action. Everything God does is for your good. That's why he says, what do you need? What are you crying for? Why are you despairing? Why are you envious of this person? Why are you struggling to get that? You already have all of it. I gave you my son so you could have all of it. You see, when we sit here and go, but if I could only have this, essentially what we're saying is, God, your son wasn't enough. In the words of Mr. T, I pity the fool that looks to God and tells him his son won't enough. You already have everything you need because Jesus said, I'm giving it all. I'm giving you every fiber of my being. I'm giving you all of my wealth. I am taking on poverty so that you can be rich. I'm giving you all of my health. I am taking on every flesh-eating, organ-depriving, breath-stealing disease so that you can live free life and abundance. I am putting on death so that you can have the John 10, 10 kind of life. The life that says, I know God. The life that says, I am one with his son. The life that says, I have everything because I am a resident of the kingdom of God. I may be passing through this eternal or this fleshly world, but see, I'm ambassador of God. Pastor Brian is over in the Philippines. That does not make him a Filipino. He is over sitting in a third world country. I googled because I've got Life 360, so I see the little blue dot of where my husband is. When I miss him, I go look and see that little blue dot. And then I decided to Google, where in the world is this? And I'm thinking, the Philippines, it's like thousands of tropical islands. I'm talking pearls and blue waters and seashells and, ooh, tropics, warmth. Y'all, I don't know where that is, but it ain't where he is. There was like, ask Jade, it was like little rinky-dink little cars, like Three people on a little moped going like this. I don't know when they get there. I can walk faster than that. It's trash on the road. It's buildings and rubble. Just because he's over there doesn't mean that he is a part of them. Doesn't mean that he has to take on their poverty. He is an ambassador of Christ. He is going to their fear-ridden streets. He is going to their death and destruction to say, Here, you want life? I got it. Take it. He's going to break the chains that they think they have. This is where you are. 
You were walking through this fleshly world, but you are not to take on this world. You are not to take on the bondages that they say you must have. You are not to fit in, y'all. Stop trying to fit in. You're not going to. That'd be like pastor trying to look Filipino. <laughs> Y'all, a six foot two white man is never going to look like a five foot eight, very tan, olive skin dude. It ain't going to happen. He doesn't try to fit in over there because we would do what y'all just did. We would laugh. So why do we try to fit into this world? Why do we think it is what it is? It's just the life, the cards that I was dealt. We don't play them tarot cards. I ain't dealt nothing except for the blood of God poured out so that I can be clean and whole, walking in abundance. I have, you have everything he says we need to have. Here's the danger in that. You see, Abraham and Lot were both decent men. Both men took on a totally different path as far as Christian life is concerned. Lot walked by sight, where Abraham walked by faith. Abraham saw what God promised. And I gave you the scriptures for all of these so you can be a good Berean and go study it out for yourself. Lot saw what was so pretty to his eyes. He probably voted for shoulder pads. <laughs> Abraham chose what God promised. Lot chose to have what pleased his eyes, what felt good in the moment. Abraham separated himself. He consecrated himself from the fleshliness and carnality of his own family. Y'all, there are some of y'all that need to say, I love you, but if you are not going towards God with me, peace out. My door is open. You are welcome anytime you want to take this ride with me. But if you will not seek after God with me, I will love you and I will pray for you, but I will not stay back here held down with you. There are some of you that need to consecrate yourselves from your carnal, fleshly family. Abraham dwelled where God wanted him to. Not where it was comfortable. Not where his family always sat. Not where his kids told him they were happy. He sat where God told him to sit. Lot dwelled closer to what made him happy, to what kept the wife quiet and not nagging him, to what kept those little rugrats out of the house and playing in the yard. Abraham pitched his tent towards Canaan. He set his direction towards God. Y'all, I don't care where you're standing. What is your direction? Where are you going? Where you are today doesn't mean squat diddly. Where are you going? But Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. He set his direction away from God. Abraham moved closer to God. 
Abraham became a leader in Canaan. He became an influence for God. He stood in boldness, standing up against the politics of his time, standing boldly for what he knew was right, not would win him the vote. Lot became a leader in Sodom. And he influenced lots of people. I'm assuming y'all know the story of what happened to Sodom. Abraham received by God's promise great rewards. He sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things were added to him. Lot, he lost it all. His wife's in your salt shaker. He lost his power. He lost his authority. He lost his family. He lost his home. I bet he wasn't feeling too good then, huh? You see, the gate to our heart is our eyes and our ears. We must keep him with us. We must do like Abraham and pursue him. Go after him. Set ourselves in the direction of him. Don't keep yourselves down because of where you are today. You don't... Look... When we meet tonight, let's say it's dark when we leave, nobody is going to sit in this church parking lot going, oh, I can't leave because it's dark and I can't see my house from here. You're going to crank the car, you're going to turn on the light of God, and you're going to go as far as that light shines. And the further you go, the further the light shines. And the further the light shines, the further you go. This is your life. God is the light. Take a step. Take a step. Keep yourself grounded in his word. Because if you don't have his word written on your heart, the enemy doesn't need to scream. He just comes up and whispers, you're not good enough. They don't like you as much. You're never going to amount to anything. All the lies, they were true. All those people, they were right. This isn't the place for you. You can't get free here. You're always going to be bound. He doesn't even have to talk at normal levels because you don't have the word written on your heart. But when you do, he can scream and he can shout, I said believe this! And you can say... (laughs) And he's gone because you have the word written upon your heart. You have it going in your eyes daily, meditating on his word. You have it going in your ears daily, hearing the word of God preached. Y'all, you should go back to these messages on the Boomerang Archives and you should listen to them again. You should find other men and women who were anointed vessels of God and you should put them in. This is what I do all day at work. I am an HR manager. I sit behind a desk, typing on the keyboard, talking to people about their problems, picking up the phones and discussing exciting things like life insurance and dental. It's riveting. 
But Facebook and YouTube and ministry channels stay on my computer all day because I'm listening to men and women of God preaching the word because there is never going to be a day when there is enough truth within me. Because y'all, as big as you know God is, as much as you know God, he's greater. He's bigger. There's so much more. And how exciting is that? It's like a kid going to Disney World and seeing all of the greatness. And it's like, there's more over there. There's more over there. There's more over there. I'm going to get it all. And yet we look at God and go, oh, oh, too tired to get in his word today. Got stuff to do. Mm. Maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow for sure. I'll have time then. Proverbs 4 20 and 21 says, My son, attend to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart. Y'all, that's a command. There's also a scripture that says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Just gonna leave that right there. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Then Luke 10, 27 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is your inward affections and desires. With all your soul. This is the breath. This is every fiber of your being. With all your strength, with all your power, with all your ability, you move things out of the way so that you can love God. With all your mind, you let your every thought be on him. And I know what some of you are saying. Now, Nicole, I can't go all day thinking about Jesus. Yes, you can. Am I talking Jesus when I discuss met life? No but I'm speaking love. I'm doing my job in excellence because with every fiber of my being, I want to be a witness for my king. It's a life. It's not just the words that come out of your mouth. There's plenty of people that can say the right words. Satan can quote the scriptures, but it's the life you live. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what we speak, we will see. What are you saying? Look at your life now. Is it what you want? I'm going to take a gander and say most everybody can say not to the fulfillment. Even if your life is great, could it be greater? Absolutely. Then start speaking it. Get it in your heart. I have every spiritual blessing. I am an overcomer. I am a disciple of Christ. I am a believer. Therefore, I will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There's no person in my family that's going to die of disease. They're going to pray to go home to Jesus and God's just going to take them because they're satisfied because I am a believer and I lay hands on the sick. They have no choice but to recover. That is who I am. I don't lack for anything because people borrow from me. I am a lender, not a borrower. 
You need something, Stanley County? Hello, Mr. Mayor. Yes, sir, I can give you a loan. That's who I am. And I'll see it because I believe it. You may think I'm a looney tune. You go right ahead and you're going to watch as Boomerang Church rises. Not in the glory of Boomerang Church, but in the glory of Jesus Christ because it's Him and Him alone that we preach. It's Him 